You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, everybody. This is the Week 1 Wrap-Up Podcast. I am Ed McGrogan, coming to you from New York, upstate New York this time, uh, talking with Steve Tigner, who's out at Wimbledon, uh, covering the tournament for you guys, obviously, on Tennis.com. Steve, you've been there for quite a bit now. Just give me a, a one or two personal highlights week one that you remember. Maybe not necessarily the biggest uh, matches, results, but things that you've taken away from week one that you'll remember pretty clearly down the road. Um, let's see. What will I remember? Uh, the last, what sticks in my mind right now is the last thing I just saw was uh, Baghdadis and Djokovic, which was a good match, but for some reason the center court crowd, I've never seen the center court crowd take such a I guess they just wanted to see more tennis, but they got so they got really into the match. Um, Magnus does tend, he, he does get that out of the crowd. That was a hell of an ending that fourth set there. Yeah, he gets that out of the crowd, but it's, yeah, I guess he's a I guess he's a fan favorite here. But I didn't expect that. That was like uh, you know watching Andy Murray play. Djokovic even afterwards was said he was surprised. He said he enjoyed it um, since he won, I guess. But he he was surprised to see the center court crowd. Um, uh, like that. Also, a lot of uh, first really seen indoor tennis on center court. A lot of it, um, it has a unique sort of feel, sound. Uh, the court slows down. It doesn't really, you know, look like center court as we know it. It's amazing what, what the how much it changes the roof. Just this, just the feeling in there. I got, I got to like it. It's, it's, it would be a great um, night session. Sort uh, you you sort of feel like what a Wimbledon night session would be like. It was, you know, I, I liked it a lot. Even though they can only go until eleven o'clock apparently because of the local ordinance, I guess. Yeah, no, I asked you about that earlier this week when I we've seen so much night tennis this week there, and I I got the vibe that it from you out there just chatting that it didn't it didn't exude that same center court feel. But am I kind of reading that that you've kind of just. Uh, Gotten a little used to that and enjoy it a little more. Gotten used to it. It is different. Uh, maybe the feeling in watching it in the evening, there's no other matches going, or of course, if the roof's on, generally there's no other matches going. Maybe that sense of um, like a, it feels like a night session at the open. Watching uh, Date Crum and Venus, they played a really they played such a good match there. It sort of that had a that had that feel. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't crazy about it at first just because it seemed to change the whole atmosphere of center court. It does. Of course, it's still better with the roof open, but um, it's just a different experience of Wimbledon this time. Okay. Yeah, well, based on what we've seen rain this week, I don't know what the forecast is next week, but we did we did manage to get all of the third-round matches, and um, you know, there's no, there's no need for Sunday play. That was kind of up in the air, I think, up until today, really. Even when... Um, even when play started today, there were still clouds overhead. Um, but everybody's going to be able to rest on the seventh day here, and we'll go into Monday with all the fourth rounders as usual. Very, you know, big day, one of the biggest days of the year for most tennis fans. So let's kind of run down most of those. Um, we'll start with the women's here. One, let's just start at the top here with Wozniacki, who gets Sabokova in her um, in her match, and. Wozniacki's actually been um, probably one of the most impressive players so far this week with the number two, three, six seeds all losing. Wozniacki's been through three matches in straight sets. Yeah, Wozniacki and Chabulkova, um 
She had a good win in her last round. Wozniacki has been out on court two in general um, for a couple times now, sort of going under the radar, as they say. Uh, I think grass helps her a little bit. We saw at the French Open in the clay court season that that the slower courts in clay don't help her because she needs more power. She needs um, she needs to feed off pace, and she gets a little bit more of that with grass, and maybe a little of the pressure is off of her right now in Australia. It was all on her. There were no there was no Serena there. Uh, the pressure was on her as the new number one to win it. She's still number one. She still doesn't want to slam, but nobody's talking about that at all right now. So I think I think that's a good position for her. And Chabot yeah. is a tough. She is a tough player. She's a fast player. She'll have to hit a lot of balls and. She's obviously playing well to get this far. Exactly, yeah. And I don't want to look ahead to uh, quarterfinal, but when you talk about Wozniacki, if she won that, she um, could get Sharapova here. Um, Sharapova, from what I've seen here, I, I think I've seen more of the – I've seen a little more of the, of the hitches in, in her game where she can kind of fall off the rails, almost more so on, at Wimbledon than I did at the French, from what I remember. Um what have you watched of her this week? Because she's gonna play, she's gonna play Peng, who is gonna make her hit a lot of balls for sure. Yeah, she hit a lot of balls down the middle, and see what Maria can do with them. Uh, I thought Sharapova was, from what I've seen, has been good uh, at winning. You know, when she's when she's needed to, which I think she has that basic confidence after Rome and the French Open. Now I don't think she's played as well as she did at those two tournaments. If she does play Wozniacki, she lost a, she lost badly to her earlier earlier in the year, but then she came back and beat her in Rome. It'll really I get it'll still depend on how she's hitting her shots and then start to look later in the tournament at her serve, which deserted her right when right when it seemed like she'd gotten over her serving problems at the French Open, you know, they came back and that's always, you know, until the last point of the slam is over, that's gonna be something that you know you need to consider with her. Exactly. Yeah, the um, the serve. Speaking of that, um, that's a good way to introduce Lazeki Sabine Lazeki, who is into the fourth round. I had her as my dark horse pick on our on our editor's picks for the site, and she got past Lee Na in the third round in a in a fantastic in the second round. Excuse me, in a fantastic match, one of the better ones of the first week. Um, she gets another unseated player. In, sec- in Petra Setkovska, who just beat Ivanovich today in straight sets. Um, for those who don't know about either of these two, what can you say about them? If you know I about Setkovska, even. Tchaikovska, yeah, she beat Redwanska, who was sick, and then she beat Ivanovich, who, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get from her. Tchaikovska is not a bad player. She had a pretty good run to Indian Wells a couple years ago. And um, but I don't see her beating Lasicki. I don't think she's fast enough to stay with Lasicki. Hits a, hits big. She's confident now after that after that win over Lee Nye. I watched her play a little today. She didn't have any trouble in her next round. Um, a lot of people are talking about her as potentially winning this thing now after that after her win in in center court that was sort of made a big had a bit of big effect both the way she played and her emotions afterwards. You know she's sort of become a little bit of a star here. Uh, so I see her definitely winning that match. Yeah, um, she gets by that. It's it's it, it could be a safe assumption she could meet Serena next. But Serena gets one of the um, actually, if you go by the numbers, the toughest test for a top eight player in the court in the this round. She's going to face number nine, Marion Bartoli, who I wouldn't 
discount either um, this. She just reached the French Open semis, and she made the Wimbledon final here um, years ago, beating Justine Ennen in a, one of the massive upsets I think we all remember. Um, and Serena today, after two, uh, after two suspect, I guess maybe that's the wrong word for someone coming back from such an extended absence, but she gets through the first two rounds in three sets, and today it looks a lot better. Um, in advancing to the fourth round. Um, so what do you think of that match, which is probably the top one, arguably, of the fourth round? Yeah, Bartoli's had her usual dramatics here. She's been sick, and she's won a couple really close matches. Um, she was down, way down uh, in the second round. Uh, Serena looks like she's coming back and, and getting it together. I don't, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't win this match. Um, at the beginning of the tournament, I thought maybe Serena... I didn't pick her to win the tournament because I thought, I thought she might... Uh, not be able to pull out an early match, uh, but she has, and I think she's, you know, at least for the moment, she looks like she's past that. That I wouldn't say she's totally past being rusty, but she's, but she's definitely improving match by match, and that's you know, that's what you expect, and and that makes her it's starting to make her look like the favorite again. The bottom half of this. Let's just take this one third quarter as a whole here. We have Pashik, we have Pervak, Petrova, and then Victoria Azarenka, number four seed. So she's surrounded by three unseeded players. Petrova is a much more recognizable name than the other two. Petrova is going to play Azarenka. The winner of that gets the winner of this Pashik Pervak match. Um, <laughs> we've, yeah, we, we've talked about Azarenka a lot. What do you, just kind of what your thoughts on this sort of, someone's going to make the semifinals, is what I'm trying to say. So one of these people is going to make the semifinals. You got to like Azarenka at this point. That's what I probably said at the French Open as well, and she ended up losing. But Pervak beat Petkovic, uh, Pasek um, beat Skiavoni. She beat, she beat Skiavoni, um and Christina McHale. Uh, she was a player who was going to, be, you know, she was a really good as a teenager a few years ago. It looked like she was going to be a great player, but it didn't turn out that way. Petrova is on the older side, I guess. Uh, Azarenka is the, you know, she's the She's the player in the prime of her career and the best known, and she's been she's had a great year so far. Despite she always seems to lose right when you you know right when you don't think she's going to right when you think she's turned a corner. Turns out she hasn't. But um, I still think you have to see see any reason why you wouldn't pick her to come out of this section. We will see. Just like we said before, um, the the last quarter here. Let's start with a top match: Petra Kvitova against Yanina Wickmeyer and Kvitova. I think a lot of us back at the French had had her getting by that lean on match. It didn't happen, um, and she is finding herself in deep in the second or into the second week of another slam right after here. And the rest of her corner, we'll get to the Venus Peronka match in a bit. But um, Kavitova's, I think, shaped up pretty nicely how this thing's turned out. And you got to write about her um, a little bit this week too. So. Talk about her and Wickmeyer, because Wickmeyer is a pretty heavy hitter herself on grass. Yeah, she's looked good, Kavitova. Um, I don't know if anybody, not many people can hit with her. Wickmeyer is a step up in quality. It does seem like Kavitova can come along, look good, and then when she gets to a match like, like this, when the when the quality gets better, she can look not as good, and she can't really raise her game. I watched her against Von Areva at the Australian Open. She was terrible. And she never really, and she never got any better. And she didn't particularly look like she 
you know, had it in her to get better. And, and in the Lee Nam match, the opposite happened. She came out, she came out and won the first set 6-2, and then she completely went away. I do, I feel like this is a, you know, that's the next test for her when she, when she gets into a second week, when she plays a better player, when she can't just hit the other player off the court, which she still may be able to do against Wickmeyer. We'll see. Um, and, you know, when she has some trouble with somebody, what, what can, what is to be the hat? So we'll, I think we'll, should find out something like that with this match. The winner of that is going to get, as I said before, the winner of Venus and Prakova. A lot of stuff I want to ask about this match. This one has the history of the head-to-head, which must be considered. Venus lost to Prakova last year at Wimbledon, um, and then also lost to her a couple years back at the Australian Open. Um, so a couple things in this one I want to touch on. First is just the the matchup here going forward how do you see that and then second just about the Williams's let's close the women's draw with something you know did you expect the Williams sisters to get this far I mean it's it's still remarkable to talk about how many months they've been off and they're I think universally seen as until they're out they're the top contenders right now Parankova and Venus uh, just seem like Parankova does two things well you never hear about her the rest of the year. She plays well at Wimbledon, and she plays well against Venus Williams. Um, she beats Vonareva easily in this in this tournament, which was a surprise. I think Vonareva wasn't at her best, but Prankova, you could see, I watched some of that match. She's suddenly a much better player in this tournament. She likes grass. She has a little slice forehand that gives other players troubles. Nobody, trouble, nobody really sees that shot. Um, she obviously has given Venus trouble. Uh, but... You know, we'll see what happens. As far as the Williams sisters and Serena, uh, uh, Venus and Serena, you know, I didn't pick. I picked Venus to make the final and Serena to lose because I just didn't. Th- I thought she might. She just somebody would would. Um, she just wouldn't be able to be consistent enough, and of course she she has. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't pick her. I didn't pick her to win, but I'm. I don't know. You could really be surprised that she's still in it. There's a little bit of. She and Venus play a lot of these close early matches at slams where it seems like they're in danger, and then sometimes they lose those, but a lot of times they pull those out and then end up winning or going really deep into the tournament. It looks like that's what's going to happen again. Uh, it's just a matter of them getting through that whatever bad days that they're going to have because it does seem like they always do, and, and and this time they have, at least so far. Yeah, it's, um, that's the women's draw. And we're touching the men's draw right now. Um, at the top here is Nadal and Del Potro in a match that um, was supposed to happen in Madrid earlier this, uh, just a few months ago. It was. I remember there was kind of the hype for that match. Um, Del Potro was still just, I mean, just coming back off of uh, the injuries, and that match didn't happen because Del Potro had to pull out once again. Um, as we saw in Roland Garros, Del Potro met with Djokovic pretty early on. Um, he didn't measure up to him well despite winning one set. Um, my opinion with this one is I kind of feel like it's going to go the same way. I, I, I think it's less about Del Potro's form on grass that's kind of been talked to death that he, his grass is not his top surface. But um, I just liked Nadal from the start of this tournament going to win the title, actually, and I I just don't see Del Potro being able to pull off a big upset here. No, I don't think so either. It sort of reminds me of Nadal. I could just see in my mind a match like Nadal and Soderling last year where 
Nadal played the dangerous player, the guy that a lot of people thought was going to beat him, Soderling. He took his best. Soderling played well for a while, and then Nadal ended up winning, a, I think it was a close third set, and then rolling in the fourth. He just Nadal just got better as the match went on. He, he sort of rose to that challenge uh, because he just had that confidence, um, and, and he seems to be in that same position now, and I can see the same thing happening. Del Potro playing a lot of good tennis, winning a set, but Nadal um, sort of you know, bringing his game up to, to match Del Potro and beat him. Because Del Potro will play the same way Soderling did. He'll hit, he'll hit big, he'll hit flatter, um, and then it'll be up to Nadal, I think, to to um, to match that. And there's, I don't think there's any reason to think he won't. Winner of that one gets Fish and Burdich. So anybody who's watching in the U.S. knows, if you're watching ESPN, that Marty Fish is the last American man to draw. So we'll get that out of the way right now. Um, he plays Burdich, last year's Wimbledon finalist. Um, this one's a little trickier to call for me because I, Burdich, I still don't want to give any um, put a lot of faith in. This is a guy who just at the French Open somehow blew a two-set lead to Stefan Rivera in the first round, but that was a different story. But Fish, but for his part, he has a little bit of a habit of of getting to maybe a third or fourth round of a slam and going out really meekly. Um, and Burdich seems like the kind of guy who can put that one, three, and four beat down on someone if he's, if he's got that serve on the right day. What do you think about this match? Yeah, I would agree. Burdich has a lot more of an upside. If he's playing well, he's better than Fish. Fish, Fish I guess, you know, he finds his his level. He beats guys he should beat. Um, these things like Robin Hasse today, you know, he he's a little better than that kind of guy, but he doesn't have that kind of, he can't go further. He doesn't have that sort of explosive power. Um, be able to, uh, he doesn't have the ability to hit winners from the baseline really all that often uh, on a regular basis. Doesn't have, he has a good serve, and, but Burdich has, you know, he has a bigger game in general. Burdich, I think, is, I think Fish, you know, Burdich, you can take advantage of Burdich's maybe mental weakness sometimes, but I don't know if Fish is the right guy. He, he still doesn't seem like he believes he, should, you know, it's almost like he still has to prove to himself that he can go deeper in a slam. This would be a big win for him. This would be the kind of win that could that could give him that confidence. But I don't think, you know, as of right now, he's going to think, you know, I should he's win this st- he's match. Still, like he still thinks he's an Andy Roddick shadow, something like that. He does seem to he does seem to believe he's you know he's a second he's second fiddle and I think he's been happy to 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 be that way um I don't know what I don't know whether he just he just can't can't make that jump I guess in his mind to think that I you know I belong in the semis of a grand slam um even though he he could make you know he could do it it's, I think it's a matter of him and convincing himself that he should win a match like this uh but if I think if Burridge plays well then Burridge is going to win the second quarter of the men's draw here, um, Murray Gasquet. Uh, Gasquet, in the past, I've been pretty impressed with Gasquet's consistency over this whole year, this whole season, really. Um, he isn't losing too many matches, as many matches to the guys he shouldn't, he should be beating with his talent. He beat Federer also at one point. Um, so Gasquet, I think, has done very well. Um, I don't see him taking Murray out here. I think um, I think he's 
you know, two-time semifinals past couple of years. Um, clearly in that big four sort of um, stature where he's a clear favorite here. Um, two year, a couple of years back, Gasquet was up two sets on Murray. Let him let himself lose that match. Um, you know your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Gasquet says he doesn't. He's going to try not to win the first two sets in in this match. <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah, I mean it's a good match. It's a two great guys to watch. Uh, a lot of sort of probably crafty play and a lot of a lot of stylish and a lot of variety to this to this match. Um, I also watched Murray. Beat Gasquet, come back from two sets. It was, I think, it was two sets to love at the French Open last year. Similar situation. Gasquet can, Gasquet can, you know, he can beat Murray. He can hit bigger. He's he's got bigger shots if he's if they're working. And he likes grass. And he, like you said, he's had a good year. Um, this does seem like the possibility of an upset. I would say that if it was somewhere else, I'd be more likely to pick an upset. Murray, Murray in the early stages of Wimbledon is good at using the crowd to to pump him up, to energize him. He almost went into one of his funks against Lubitschik uh in the last round and it seemed like it seemed like he just thought for a second, well this is Wimbledon, I can't I can't do this here and he started to use some of that energy in a positive way, that you know, the way we always talk about how he should. Uh so I think Murray I would pick Murray just on the fact that it's at Wimbledon, it's in center court. Um and, you know, and that, I think that'll give him that extra motivation. Gasquet, I think Gasquet is, if you take that out, Gasquet is just as like, you know, just as likely to win this match. We'll see. The winner of that gets either Feliciano Lopez or Lucas Kubat. Lopez just beats Roddick, uh, so it it seems like it's it's about time for him to collapse against a guy like Kubat, a qualifier here. That's kind of been Lopez for a while, but um, you watch that one pretty closely. Does Lopez get through this one? I hope he does for his sake. I mean, he's played he played incredible tennis against Roddick. I, you know, you'd hate for him at this shot he has here. He's twenty nine to, and he seems to be. He's also had a good year playing some some of his best tennis um, to go out to Kubat. Kubat also an older older player, sort of coming out of nowhere. He beat Monfi. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Kubat at this tournament. Lopez, if he serves, you know he likes grass. If he serves anything like he did against Roddick, he's he's got to be the favorite in that match, and also a guy who could give Murray, who he would play next, um, some significant trouble. But like you said, we'll see what we'll see whether Lopez, you know, his game is better. We'll see whether his mind is is has caught up to it. Yeah, um, the second the bottom half of this draw. Let's start with Ferrer and Sanga. Ferrer got through Ryan Harrison in five sets. Um, I thought if that match maybe, well, what, that match should go two days. I think the night off really hurt Harrison in that match and kind of got him time to think about it. He was down a break in the fourth set, but um, I think he was more a momentum player and that given the longer stretch of time, the better man was going to win here. It was Ferrer, and he gets Sanga, who is probably the player outside of the big four guys that most people would, would could point to as saying he could he could on the right he could on the right Wimbledon win it including this one he's the kind of that volatile player but um let's just talk about that match for a little bit Ferrer and Sanga yeah you could say that about Sanga you probably could have said that about him three years ago um, but he's never really done what he what you'd think he could do he's he he um, 
played some great tennis in his match against Dimitrov and then choked and but still managed to win. He, uh, I guess it's this match is sort of up to him. Ferrer's, we know what Ferrer's going to do. He's going to get a lot of balls back, and he's not going to. He's going to be very professional and solid, but not, nothing spectacular. It's going to kind of be. It's going to be a little like the match that Monfi, I think, and Ferrer played at the French Open, where Monfi actually ended up winning. Just by it was a back and forth match. Monfi was good. He was bad. He was good. He was bad. And he finally won. I could see something like that happening with this song of having a good set, a bad set, a good set. And then you know we'll see how it ends up. I um, you never really want to. Song is just one of those guys who you think is should like you said go all the way or should really do something, and then he he you know he doesn't do it. Hmm. Uh, guy who does do it all the time, Federer. Uh, he, if he beats Usney, he makes another quarterfinal. Um, Twenty nine, I want to say. Uh, by that point, um, just talk a little about Federer. I, we haven't heard. I don't think you've written about him specifically this week. So, what what have you seen from him this week? And um, any, you know, do you see any threat from Usney at all in this one? He's looked good, Federer. Um, I saw him a little against Manorino. I didn't see his his last match. It doesn't seem like he's been challenged. Um, has he against Albandian? Yeah, Albandian. Has he? I mean, Federer hasn't lost a set. I don't think. Right, and and if he's even gone to a tiebreak, I don't know. But he doesn't seem like. You know, I've had no, I've had no reason to go in and watch him. Seems like he's always had it pretty everything under control. Uh, um, I think Usney is obviously a good opponent for him. Guy's the same age; he's owned him forever, uh, so I don't see any issues with that. I think Federer is in a good position. I think the French Open was a positive step for him, and he's he's feeling pretty good here. Let's take the last quarter as a whole here. Kind of the same sort of question about, as I said to Federer, about Djokovic, um, who, like we said at the, at the top, just got through Big Denison for. Djokovic is going to get Lodra, who is clearly, a, you know, could do a lot on grass with his, with his serve, the net play. Um, Djokovic, of course, is such a great return that it's probably not going to matter. Um, and then... The, uh, the opposing match on that quarter is Tomich and Melise. Tomich is who you're going to be writing about in just a, just a minute here. Uh, he just beat Soderling um, in straight sets, actually. Um, he gets Melise. So just kind of wrap up this quarter here, um, Djokovic versus Lodra and Tomich versus Melise. Djokovic and Lodra, yeah, like you said, the return, Djokovic return is going to be key. Lodra's going to serve and volley. doesn't have a huge serve, but he, he places it. And he's got that lefty spin, and it works well on grass, and he comes in. But Djokovic has what you'd probably say right now is the best return in tennis. Uh, the one thing, joke, one thing you might a little leery of Djokovic was saying today that he just hasn't been moving very well. He hasn't felt great on the court. His legs haven't. He just hasn't. Nothing physically wrong with him. He just felt he doesn't hasn't felt. <coughs> excuse me, at his best so far, and he hadn't. And he still felt that way today. He also looked like he got a little nervous against Baghdadis. Baghdadis is a good player on grass. But Djokovic hasn't had that sort of forcefulness that we saw through the spring. Uh, I still think he gets past Lodra, though, based on the the matchup, I think, is good for him. Uh, Melise and Tomic, that's an interesting sort of like a junior version of Gasquet. Murray, a, a <laughs> sort of a crafty, um, you know, Melise is a, sort of a, is a very smooth player, veteran, underachiever, Tomic, you know, who knows, he may be heading in that direction. 
but he um, he's an interesting guy. 18 years old. He's we've been watching him for a long time. He's got very odd, cra- also crafty games. A lot of softball. A lot of change of speed. Um, he's a good tactician. It seems like he beat Soderling in straight sets. Soderling was a little bit sick, but but Tomich beat him. I mean, Tomich played. He outhit him in the first set, and then he played smart. Just um, kind of wrong-footed Soderling and, and, and kept him from doing much. Uh, Tomic at this tournament seems to have, he's been the black sheep of Australian tennis so far in his career, he and his father, but they've sort of come on back in the fold of, of the Aussies. Pat Rafter's here helping him. Leighton Hewitt is here supporting him. Those guys have had their problems. So it seems like Tomic is, is coming around. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I think he uh, he's could be a he's, he's obviously a big story uh, upcoming yeah this is a uh, weekend at bernie's if you haven't heard also espn brad gilmer that's one of the i, mm, I haven't heard that one yet. no not that one yeah so that's right yeah it sounds just about par for the course so um anyways the weekend is here speaking of that sunday will be the the middle sunday day off and um we'll have obviously more coming monday the keeping tabs that you all love so much from from Steve perusing the papers. So check that out, you know, throughout the next coming days on the site. And everything else coming from London, Pete Boda will be over there as well in just a, in just a few days. Um, so thank you to Steve and uh, enjoy the day off. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 